Moscona. I'm very important. After further review. Say one more time. After further review with Matt Moscona. And here we go. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. <gasps> Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. Welcome in after further review. Musso in for Moscona today. Uh, LSU and Texas A&M. They're getting set to throw out their first pitch uh, really right about now. So we're going to talk plenty of LSU baseball, obviously, obviously today since they're playing a game for the entire three hours that we will be on the air. Uh, we will talk plenty of LSU baseball. Now, there is a couple things that I would like to get to, obviously, today um, that aren't baseball-related, just that deserve words like you you have to talk about something I mean, LSU added a, a defensive tackle yesterday that's a huge position of need we'll get to that momentarily as well uh the Saints there's a pretty interesting story that Jeff uh that Jeff Duncan had coming out of OTAs involving John Gruden being there helping kind of install offense helping them uh, learn Derek Carr have him help get up to speed things of that nature so how that kind of plays into the offseason there just a couple different things uh that I want to talk to for what it's worth a first pitch from Will Johnson from Texas A&M uh, was in for a strike, Dylan Cruz. The next one missed 1-1. So uh, we'll start with LSU baseball, then get into a little bit of LSU football. So this is an interesting game. The lineup, obviously, has been shuffled around for this. Tommy White sitting just for rest reasons per Jay Johnson, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're in the same boat you were in yesterday. Would you like to win the game? Sure. Do you need to win the game? Absolutely not. And you can just move on and, and be fine Turn your attention really uh, to net to next Friday. I know that's not a maybe a reality that we've been used to around here as of late when it comes to the SEC tournament, but that kind of is where the program seems to be right now. Coaches have different preferences. Jay Johnson's preference, at least early in his tenure, definitely seems to be get through the SEC tournament as healthy as possible, keep guys on rest, get them work when you need it, but winning it is not of the utmost importance. With Paul Maneri, winning it was of the utmost importance. Matt had him on the show earlier this week. He talked about why. He gave all of his reasons. It makes sense. Coaches are different. When Jay Johnson was asked about it prior to LSU's first game, the way he answered it made it, the way he answered it was, in so many words, when you're playing, when you need to play up, like if you're not, if you don't have what you need locked up, it can be valuable. Take South Carolina for an example, right? South Carolina, they came in to this SEC tournament needing to win some games in order to secure a host site. They were playing for something. LSU had everything locked up. It's why you saw Paul Skeens on the pitch count. You'll probably see something very similar today with Ty Floyd on a pitch count. He'll get the start. You'll get him out there. He'll get some work in, and then he'll be pulled, and you'll go to Griffin Herring. You'll go to Gavin Guidry. You'll go to Bryce Collins. You'll go to guys like that. I think what everybody really wanted to see was LSU's pitching perform and the bullpen perform. And so far, that has happened. I mean, you couldn't ask for better results out of the LSU bullpen so far in the SEC tournament. And you throw Thatcher Hurd in that group as well. He's also now shown you he can extend, he can close out games, he can start. There's a lot of different roles he can fill for you. So uh, that was kind of solidified in the SEC tournament as well. That has been a success. 
So far, Dylan Cruz flies out deep left uh, left center field. That's one out. Trey Morgan with a little uh, scrubber on the um, on the infield, and he's retired. And LSU's got two up and two down. They're facing Will Johnston, a really good arm uh, from Texas A&M. I mean, there's just there's really no other way other way to put it. He's a lefty. He's got a low to mid nineties fastball, but the real weapon is the hook. The breaking ball when he's got it on is absolutely filthy and it is a wipeout pitch for what it's worth i mean this is interesting he looks like he rolled an ankle or something trying to field that um trying to field the the swinging bunt that trey morgan hit and now he's getting some warm-up tosses in looks fine he'll continue so uh, he had great success against lsu in the regular season it was the um it was game three you'll remember lsu had the lead looked like they were going to sweep and couldn't hold the lead Will Johnston was a big part of A&M's comeback because he shut LSU out over the final three innings of that ball game, striking out three, not walking anybody, and only giving up a hit. He's going to have a little bit of success against LSU here today. Depending on how long he's in there, it's going to take them a little while to, to figure him out before, before they break through. But again, the win is not the win is not of the utmost importance today if you're LSU. Getting Ty Floyd work. Keeping him on his routine is having guys coming out of the bullpen and have success is as well. You'd love to see Hayden Travinsky, who's at the plate, obviously stay hot. Travinsky's been just a catalyst for LSU's offense down the stretch, as we all know. And yesterday had the most success out of anybody against Arkansas's arms, against Hagen Smith and Hunter Holland, who, look, they have LSU's number. I mean, that you, that's twice now that they have just absolutely handcuffed the lineup. Hayden Travinsky was not part of that. Four for four yesterday. He's had a great SEC tournament uh, so far. And again, a, a great back half of the season for LSU. Just huge swings in big moments. I mean, obviously, we remember the, ho- the home run against Ole Miss. Obviously, the three-run shot against Alabama uh, in that game when they when they had the large comeback. So uh, he bats now with with two outs in the, bottom, in the top of the first, a 2-2 count, and he strikes out looking. So that retires aside there, a fly out, a swinging bunt, ground out, one to three, and then a strikeout looking of Hayden Travinsky. Ty Floyd will be on the mound when they come back here for the bottom of the first inning. And you'd love to see Floyd continue the success. We talked about just getting him work. But, man, the last month of the season, really starting with that Ole Miss, that started Ole Miss, really starting there, he has really, really been consistent. The start against Bama, I know it wasn't it wasn't great. Outside of that, he has been very, very, very good. So, Excited to see uh, what Ty Floyd does have in store today uh, on the bump and how long he'll go. Uh, see, Skeens ended up at 88 pitches. Floyd will probably be somewhere similar. Maybe a, maybe a few less, but probably somewhere similar there. All right, while they're in the middle of the first inning, let's switch gears and talk a little LSU football because Tigers got a big one at a position of need for the class of 2024 yesterday. This broke in the last hour of the show yesterday. Three-star Demarion Johnson, defensive tackle, committed to LSU for the class of 2024 yesterday afternoon, really yesterday evening. Uh, First defensive tackle commit for the class of 2024, and that's a position that LSU is going to need to sign a lot of guys, but also hit on a lot of guys. When you look at where that spot is, for 2023, LSU obviously had to had to supplement that through the portal this year, right? You didn't sign one defensive tackle out of high school in 2023, not one in that class. 
So you supplemented through the portal. And you got you got what looked like great additions. Paris Shand, Jalen Lee, Jordan Jefferson. Like everyone was really excited when those guys committed to LSU out of the transfer portal. You're getting Mason Smith back. Obviously massive. Makai Wingo, obviously massive. Jacoby and Guillory, many expect him to take the next step this year. And then you still have Bryce Langston. You still have Ty G. Hill. You've got great numbers at that position this year. You will not after this year. Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, we all expect them to go to the draft, right? 100% both of those guys. Jordan Jefferson, this is his last year of eligibility. So he comes here with one left as a transfer, then he's gone. That's already three out of there right now. It's safe to assume as well. Maybe not safe to assume. It's right to assume or at least take in the possibility of one of those guys, Guillory, Shand, Lee, who have those multiple years of eligibility left. They're going to get plenty of reps depth-wise in LSU rotating in uh, when Wingo, when Smith need a break. Do one of them kind of flash enough to warrant a draft selection late in in the process uh, for next year's draft? If so, you lose some of them. You always have to take into account potential transfers, right? I mean, you look at you look at a guy like Bryce Langston, you look at a guy like Tyje Hill. They have not had a they've not played snaps yet at LSU. If that continues this year, might they seek greener pastures? That's just the way of the land in college football today. It's how it happens. So you're going to need to supplement there. If you just best case scenario, right? You lose Smith, you lose Wingo, you lose Jefferson, you retain everybody else. You add Demar- Demarion Johnson, I should say, that puts you at six going into next year. You're going to need numbers. You're going to need to hit as well. It could be transfer portal. It could be high school, but it's a big position of need. And Demarion Johnson is a big get for LSU. He's a three-star prospect out of New Iberia from Westgate High School. Don't get don't get caught up in the stars, right? We do that a lot. Look at the look at the offer list of a guy like Demarion Johnson. It is. The who's who, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Texas, Oregon, Texas A&M, all offered this player. He is extremely disruptive. For example, as a sophomore on a state championship team in 2021, 36 tackles for loss as a sophomore to go along with six sacks. Extremely disruptive from the defensive tackle position. Very athletic, good frame that they could put some more weight on as well. 6'2", 280. For, uh, for Johnson right now. So he comes in, again, position of need, and one, he's the first of many. First defensive tackle signee, or I should say commitment, not signee, commitment for the class of 2024. They'll need defensive linemen in general in that class, but defensive tackle, huge, because, again, you're going to lose Smith. You're going to lose Wingo. You're going to lose Jefferson. It stands to reason you might lose a few more just with natural attrition. Uh, that happens after a college football season. So Marion Johnson Big get for LSU, number 45 defensive lineman in the country, according to On3, their industry ranking. Uh, And uh, he is the 16th commitment for LSU's 2024 class. More than half of them hailing from the state of Louisiana. So we've talked an awful lot about that too, right? Brian Kelly recruiting nationally, recruiting Louisiana. It's a pretty good crop uh, in the uh, the state of Louisiana this year. So uh, he's the latest, won't be the last, I would imagine, coming from or staying home, I should say. Marion Johnson, the newest member uh, of LSU's 2024 recruiting class and at a position of need. Ty Floyd, back to the bump uh, here for LSU. Retired the first hitter 
He, uh, and that's Hunter Haas. That's huge because LSU didn't get Hunter Haas out at all uh, in the regular season, or at least that's how it felt. And he also robbed hit after hit after hit on the infield. So that's huge. A 2-2 count right now to Jack Moss. We're going to grab our first break of the show. Musso sitting in for Moscona. He's on vacation. Be here all next week as well. Terrio still to come. Riot Radio Hours as scheduled uh, 4 and 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk a lot of LSU baseball, obviously, as we go through. That's still to come here after further review on a Friday presented by Don Juan Cigar Bar. Stay here. AFR. Brought to you by New Orleans Flooring, nolaflooring.com. Hey, all Saturday is the day. Saturday is the blowout sale Saturday at New Orleans Flooring. I, I know you're like, wait, a sale? Don't you always talk about how they have the lowest prices? Yes, I do. You say 40, 50, 60%. They, they cut out the middleman. You get great costs, uh, great savings on top-notch flooring. The same brand of flooring that you find at every other store. They just keep a million square foot of flooring in stock so they're able to pass along savings to you because they cut out the middleman. Well, they got new inventory coming at the start of June, so they have got to move a ton of inventory this weekend. So Saturday, 8 until noon at New Orleans Flooring is the blowout sale. Again, this Saturday, 8 to noon. You've been putting it off, been thinking about flooring. This Saturday is the day to get by New Orleans Flooring. Metairie and Airline Highway in Prairieville or online at nolaflooring.com, nolaflooring.com. After further review with Matt Moscona, presented by Don Juan Cigar Bar, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. Always a pleasure to tell you about our friends at the Williamson Eye Center. Check them out online at williamsoneye.com. They've got locations all over the greater Baton Rouge area. On the Baton Rouge General Campus, I mean, you turn off a blue bonnet onto Picardy, you make that right. And then right there at the stop sign, the building on the right, the first two floors, that's the Williamson Eye Center state-of-the-art dry eye center and it's full service of course they have their state-of-the-art surgery center there where you can have your lasik or whatever surgical procedure you're having but they have your standard annual eye exam as well at the williamson eye center learn more at williamsoneye.com the thing i tell you every day is take the advice that i was given and change your life to give yourself the gift of sight is absolutely incredible if you're someone like me who spent your life with contacts or glasses there is a way to be done with it forever WilliamsonEYE.com. Go see Dr. Blake Williamson for that free consultation. 924-2020. 924-2020 or WilliamsonEYE.com for the Williamson Eye Center. Back here on a Friday edition of After Further Review, Musso sitting in for Scones. Scones off to vacation. He will be back uh in about five shows. So he's he's gone for for a good little bit. I'll be in uh I'll be in in his absence uh today. And all throughout next week. Of course, no show on Monday. We're taking the Memorial Day holiday. So uh, Tuesday is going to be jam-packed, man. Tuesday we will have NCAA tournament for baseball uh, reacting uh, reaction to. Uh, plenty, obviously, coming off the weekend as well. The Saints will be back on the practice field. There is just a lot to get to next week. Uh, and we're looking forward to doing that. But uh, we have, you know, three more hours here today with you. Uh, and again, we're going to talk a lot of LSU baseball. Start there again here in this segment momentarily. Uh, Ty Floyd trying to escape the first inning unscathed. Uh, did allow a base runner. Erased it on a fielder's choice. But you have one more on first base. The Tigers just couldn't turn the double play. Uh, one, two counts to Laviolette. And uh, two outs as he picks over to first. Yet again, a pitch count, eh, not in the greatest spot. But um, the it, the walk was a 
Jack Moss drew a great walk uh, in the two hole for for Texas A and M uh, here in the in the first inning. But I mean, Floyd really hasn't pitched poorly early on in this game at all. The fastball's been ninety five to ninety six, and and up up in the zone, low in the zone. He's been able to really dictate where he wants it uh, here early. That one spoiled right there. It was up and in to Laviolette, and uh, now now you might be looking at the breaking ball down here after they change the eye level uh, or change up away. So uh, we'll see how Floyd can get out of that again. Plenty of LSU baseball. Uh, to come here, especially when Terrio's here as well. I mean, it'll probably pretty much just be a companion show uh, for the most part. We'll do kick rocks and all all that stuff too. But uh, plenty, plenty LSU baseball here today uh, on After Further Review because they're playing literally alongside of us. Games are about two and a half hours. This show's three. They're going to play the entire time we're on air and, and maybe even after we're on air. We'll see how it goes. Do want to switch gears here one more time in this segment, though, and, and talk a little bit of Saints. So, obviously, the Saints took to the practice field Tuesday through Thursday for the first week of OTAs, and there's been plenty of no shortage of storylines out of there, whether it's Foster Morrow, obviously, making his return. Derek Carr's a huge storyline, and that's where we're really going to focus here. Look, Derek Carr's throwing a lot of routes on air right now, okay? There's not a ton you're going to be able to take away from that. But what is of major importance for the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr is install. He's learning a new system, kind of. We'll get to that. But that's where this becomes extremely important, right? How many times do you hear, ah, for a veteran, OTAs aren't that important, right? And of course not. That's why they're voluntary for a lot of guys. But when you're a quarterback going into a new system, it's extremely important. This is where you're going to learn it. This is where you're going to install it. The Saints did something very interesting as well in doing that. Jeff Duncan reported earlier today, John Gruden, former Raiders coach, who Derek Carr played under for four years when Gruden made his return to the Raiders, first in Oakland, then in Vegas. They brought him in to kind of help go along. We've heard it a bunch this offseason how similar the Saints offense is with the Raiders. Why Derek Carr is such a good fit for the New Orleans Saints, right? West Coast offense. He's very familiar with it. The terminology is different, but concepts are the same. Routes are the same. A lot of it is the same. You bring in John Gruden to help kind of smooth that process over. He's got a a great rapport. He's got a great relationship with Derek Carr. That makes a lot of sense. Another reason it makes a lot of sense is Derek Carr's, the most successful years of his career statistically came under John Gruden. Derek Carr has eclipsed 4,000 yards passing four times in his career. It was all four of, of Coach Gruden's years in, in uh, with, with the Raiders. Excuse me. Frog in the throat there. I'm not telling you just because the Saints bring in John Gruden here to work with Carr for a week and to work with the offensive staff for a week that he's going to go out there and throw for 4,200 yards this year. That's not what I'm saying. But the comfortability with John Gruden, with Derek Carr, I think that absolutely matters. And look, numbers, I mean, the, the numbers don't lie there. I mean, he's had four through four, four thousand yard receiving, uh, four, four thousand yard passing seasons. They've all come under John Gruden. The other thing, as I was kind of reading through this, it reminded me just an awful lot of, of last offseason. And this is why I say that if you'll remember last off season when they're kind of going through install and the, and the coaching change and everything with Jameis Winston. Now 
they obviously kept a lot of the same stuff the Saints had in, but tailored it to Jameis's skill set. Plays that he liked. Plays that he liked when he was at Tampa Bay that they kind of incorporated in. All those kinds of things, which make a lot of sense. That's what you should do, right? You should tailor your system, offense or defense, to the strength of your personnel. That's how it should be done. That's what they did last year. It's what they're going to do with Derek Carr. They've talked about that plenty, right? Plays that he likes in the playbook. Just, you know, the hits, if you will. They're going to play the hits from the Saints offense as well. And plays that he ran in uh, in Vegas that he liked. Incorporate some of those. Again, hence why you would bring in a guy like John Gruden. That's one similarity. The other similarity that really struck me while reading through Jeff, uh, while reading through Jeff Duncan's piece is they're saying all the right things, just like they did last offseason. And on paper, it looks really good offensively. And last offseason, it did for the Saints, too. You were getting Jameis Winston back from the injury, right? We all remember what it was before that injury. They were 5-2, and two, competing at the top of the division. We know. You're getting him back. Mike Thomas is back from injury. You signed Jarvis Landry. Alvin Kamara dodged the suspension last year. Everyone, we all thought, remember, going into last year, Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended. Well, he wasn't. It all looked so great on paper. You needed to fix a few things on the offensive line, but ultimately you really felt you felt good with Hurst, Pete, McCoy, Ruiz, and Ramchick. It looked real good. Pete Carmichael. Sean Payton's gone, but Pete Carmichael's been there since 2009 under Sean Payton. You know how this is going to go. He can run this offense great. We referenced the Bounty Gate season so much where he called plays, right? And how great it was, how successful it was. Yes, the Saints offense ended up with a lot of injuries. There were times last year where it was just a really tough watch with Pete Carmichael calling plays. And again, in hindsight, you look back. You look back and you say, personnel wasn't there all the all the way. You thought you were going to have Jameis. You end up with Andy Dalton. Mike Thomas only plays two weeks. Jarvis Landry's in and out of the lineup. And you got Rashid Shaheed in there. Traquan Smith. I mean, again, yes, at time, I mean, Keith Kirkwood at times, personnel absolutely hamper, hampered that. And Looking back on it, you can say, but man, there were some times that the play calling just seemed out of sorts and really didn't make sense for the New Orleans Saints last year with, with Pete Carmichael at the helm. Now you're going into an offseason here. Very similar, right? And again, you have the ability to look back. You have hindsight last year, but on paper, your offense looks great. Mike Thomas is set to be back. You went out and got a free agent quarterback that the coaches love in Derek Carr. Alvin Kamara, suspension, yeah, probably at some point this year, but you go get Jamal Williams, right? You, you you supplement there. You had a great draft where you get A.T. Perry who could come in and make some waves as a rookie, potentially. Kendra Miller at the running back position. People are already talking about, is he ready? To, is he the next guy to supplant Alvin Kamara? You, uh, Rashid Shahid, people think he can break out. You go get Foster Morrow. You get Brian Edwards, who's really very familiar with Derek Carr. Again, you see the similarities, right? On paper, it all looks so good. Offensive line as well. Maybe you get uh, Trevor Penning back and he's able to take the next step and uh, and be your starting left tackle. You're going through all these measures. You've taken all these measures to be back in the same situation you were last year. It has to be better. It has to be better. You're even bringing in now your quarterback's former coach to help with install to make sure it goes seamlessly. You've brought in players he's familiar with, like we said, with Edwards, with Foster Morrow, you went and got another receiver in the draft. Michael Thomas is set to be back. All of that, Pete Carmichael, you've got a clean slate. 
it stands to reason you should expect a much better offensive performance from the Saints this season. And it should start week one against the Tennessee Titans. All of that is fair. And if it doesn't come to fruition, the finger's absolutely going to be pointed at Pete Carmichael for a second year in a row, especially if there's health throughout the Saints lineup. So that struck me again as I was reading through it. I was like, man, it just, it sounds real familiar. They're saying all the right things. They're making all the right moves. Last year, it didn't work. We'll see. You get, a, you get a redo. We'll give you a redo, but results are going to be expected early. And by early, we mean week one versus the Tennessee Titans. We're going to grab a break, come back on the other side, uh, really dive into LSU, Texas A&M. Two outs here in the second. LSU had, um, had got first and second with nobody out. A deep fly ball to center field. Both runners tried to tag. Jared Jones was the trail runner coming from first, was thrown out. At uh, at second base, uh, the play is under review. It's going to be a big difference. You either have second and third, one out, or a runner at third and two outs. Uh, we'll update that on the other side of the break. Come back with more. It's after further review on a Friday, presented by Don Juan Cigar Bar. Musso in for Moscona. He is absolutely safe at second base. That is a brutal call by that umpire, and I expect that to be overturned. We'll be back on AFR. AFR. AFR is brought to you by River City's One Hour Air, where they're always on time or you don't pay a dime. Give them a buzz today, 752-0001, or onehourbr.com. Tell you every day to look for the big yellow vans and trucks with a giant clock on the side. You can't miss them, and you'll see a technician that's expertly trained, ready to treat you right, like they did for Regina Bornslater, who sent this five-star review, said, uh, the air conditioner vent in my room had not been blowing air in two years. River City's one hour came out, adjusted something. I got air in my room that day. I'm so thankful they did a great job. I appreciate River City's one hour air. Another five-star Google review for River City's one hour air. 752-0001, or onehourbr.com. You can get the preseason AC tune-up. If your AC's not keeping up, call River City's one hour air. Nights, holidays, weekends, they'll never charge you extra to come out. 752-0001. After further review with Matt Moscona, presented by Don Juan Cigar Bar, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. Remind you about South Point Volkswagen, SouthPointVW.com, new and certified pre-owned in Baton Rouge and online at SouthPointVW.com. That's SouthPointVW.com. Get on by, test drive any of their line of vehicles over at South Point. Remember, I tell you all the time, nine different IIHS top safety picks. It's the highest safety designation a vehicle can get. It's one of the reasons I love driving my Volkswagen is I know every time I put Drew in his car seat and I'm driving, I'm in one of the safest vehicles on the road. Erica drives a Volkswagen every time she leaves the house in her car. I know she's driving one of the safest vehicles on the road. And by the way, they're stylish and affordable and fun to drive. It's at South Point Volkswagen. Remember, the all-electric First electric SUV for everyone. The Volkswagen ID4. You can make your reservation right now at southpointvw.com. It's South Point Volkswagen. What's your direction? 
All right, so uh, Jared Jones' call actually was upheld, and uh, watching the replay further, it makes sense. He The first foot when he slid in, I mean, it absolutely beat the throw and the tag, but he slid. He came off the bag for a split second. Uh, when, he, when his lead foot slid into the bag, it kind of recoiled and popped up off the bag, and credit the A&M fielder, he kept the tag on. Clay was upheld, but Braden Jobert, uh, followed with an RBI single and a three a, a two out left on left RBI single three one count and LSU's on the board one to nothing. Joe Bear would take second on a ball in the dirt and Jordan Thompson just draws a walk. So LSU in business here against Will Johnston early in this ball game. It's the third straight game for LSU in the SEC tournament where they have struck first. Of course, obviously the two run homer by Joe Bear against South Carolina. Um, yesterday, uh, yesterday, the three straight RBI, the three straight two out singles, I should say against Hagen Smith in the first inning, got him up one, nothing. And now here in the second inning, uh, today, just a, a great piece of hitting, uh, by Braden Joe bear. He was ahead in the count, uh, three Oh, took a strike and then just set fastball and obliterated one right, right under the second baseman's glove. I, I, th- that's been the thing with Joe bear, um, this year, man, it's, if you go back to the beginning of the season, and I'm not even talking, you know, opening day, you go back to preseason, media day, and Jay Johnson was asked a lot about Braden Jobert. If you think back, so much of the conversation was you've got so much talent, so much depth. How do you get it all into the lineup? And Braden Jobert was a guy that was talked about in that light so much. Joe Bear was thrown into that that group, right? Because you had Paxton Kling coming in, who Paxton Kling, when he signed his letter of intent uh, to LSU, at that point was projected to be a first-round draft pick out of high school. Now, through his senior season and, and the summer leading into the draft, he slipped a little bit. He ends up on campus. So you've got that guy coming in. Many expected him day one starter. And ultimately, he was your opening day starter in right field, uh, and it's okay. So, you know, where does that go with Braden Bear? You also have Josh Pearson. You have Josh Stevenson. Uh, there's a lot of spots in the outfield, more to go, more players than spots to go around, and Bear was always thrown into that category. And what Jay Johnson said consistently from during the preseason scrimmages through media day through the other part of the season was what they want from Braden Bear is, look, the 18 home runs, the 52 RBI, that was phenomenal last year. It was the at-bats in between that needed to improve. It was the at-bats in between that needed to improve. He had the 18 homers, the 52 ribby, but he hit like 240, 240, 250. Braden Joe Bear's a 300 hitter this year. The at-bats in between have absolutely improved for him. The power numbers are still there, 10 home runs. The RBI numbers still there, not quite to the level they were last year. He's been in and out of the lineup. He had that one slump kind of at the beginning of conference play. Uh, But once he got back in there, he's been great. And uh, I'll tell you this too. uh, A number that's massive for Joe Bear this year is the strikeouts are down as well. The plate discipline has been very good. And he was asked about that uh, after one of the games in this tournament as the game that almost got out of the ball. Ronald double for A&M. That stinks. All right, that's not the best way to lead off the inning uh, there. But we'll see. Ty Floyd can maybe wiggle around out of that. Um, the plate discipline has gotten so much better. Braden Bear 
this year has struck out 39 times on 139 at bats coming into today. So now 140 at bats uh, after after the RBI single there. LASIK surgery is one thing that he attributed that to. In the offseason, he got that. He said his eyes weren't very good. And he's just taking the rest. He's waiting for his pitch. He's looking for pitches that he can do damage on only and taking the rest. And it's worked out. I mean, it has absolutely worked out. He dropped a lot of weight, got some, got slimmed down, became even more athletic. He's fleeter of foot. Uh, Braden Bears had a really, really nice year. And even the at-bats against the lefties have been better as evidence there in um in the first inning when he, granted, in a hitter's count, but it's what we just said, right? He's looking for pitches he can do damage on and taking the rest. Uh, perfect example there. And gave LSU a one-to-nothing lead. Now, it's going to be up to Ty Floyd to hold that one-to-nothing lead a little bit as uh, in an 0-1 count gives up a ground rule double to the leadoff hitter for the Aggies uh, in this inning that um, that was Jordan Thompson, their Jordan Thompson. Uh, I think there's actually like three Jordan Thompsons in in the SEC this year. Uh, definitely the one at LSU, the one at Texas A&M, and I think one more team has one as well, but I'm not, uh, I'm not totally sure. Floyd is struggling a little bit here. Down 3-0. Runner on second base, one nothing. You, you want to see him get the out. This is, you know, it's interesting. I thought about this a little bit yesterday with with Paul Skeens. Um, it's, there's a base hit. That's going to tie the game. That's back-to-back doubles. Interesting. Bottom of the A&M order really coming through here for them. And it's not, thing about the Aggies, it's not a deep order. I mean, the top is very, very good with Haas, with Moss, with LaViolette, uh, with Werner. The, the rest of it is kind of, you know, mid-200s. Um, they, Floyd is, well, I should say, I shouldn't say that. First batter, he was ahead in the count. That one, he was behind. But uh, tied game, see if Floyd can settle in here a little bit. Uh, what I was going to say before the ringing double to right field there was something I kind of thought of. And look, yesterday was was what it was, LSU-Arkansas. And you didn't, you didn't need it. Arkansas didn't need it. It, it was... For all intents and purposes, kind of kind of an exhibition. Uh, one that counts for your record, but kind of an exhibition. Um, but Skeens wasn't the Paul Skeens we were used to. And I, I kind of thought to myself, I wonder how much of it is knowing that he was going to be on a pitch count. And, man, he had this set number to get it done and maybe just press a little too much there. Maybe, I don't know, again, sense of urgency really wasn't that that high uh, all day for LSU in that game. You had the base running mistake, uh, 17 strikeouts, things of that nature. But Skeens really had fastball, and that was that was just about it. I mean, the slider wasn't there. Uh, the changeup really wasn't there either. And uh, credit Arkansas, they did a great job. But I wonder if some of that can kind of creep in for Floyd here too, where maybe, you know, he knows, okay, I've got certain number of pitches to kind of do my job here, do my work, and maybe he's trying to be a, a little too fine. He's on the verge of a good bounce back here ahead 0-2. Uh, needs an out, man. De- desperately, desperately needs an out. Does Ty Floyd. Oh, that's a good take. That was a good take. Fastball up. See if he comes back with the breaking ball here. Austin Boast. Austin Boast has had a really nice SEC tournament. Uh, you know, they have his season stats up there uh, compared this year to last year, and that's been a, a big drop-off, but... 
a huge game tying homer against Arkansas in their in AM's second game, Arkansas's first game, uh, that ultimately sent it to extra innings. So he's uh he's been very productive so far for the Aggies here and has worked the count back even now to two and two. Floyd needs Floyd needs an out. That's you you want to see him the win, not the most important thing, but you'd like to see him continue the the stellar outings that he's had. And uh and he has had plenty of them and Oh, what happened there? Did that hit off of Floyd? Did y'all see that? Grant or Paul, did y'all see that? Did that hit off of Floyd or did that or did the umpire just get in the I think it went right over the umpire. Okay. It took a weird hop. Do you guys had to kind of reach back almost? Well, let's see on the replay. No, it just took a, it looked like it hit the cut of the grass. It looked like it hit the cut of the grass on the infield and took a weird hop. Nice play by Gavin Dugas to stick with that. Floyd gets a, a much needed out. The runner does advance, though. Uh, and that might flip the AM lineup. I don't I don't have it in front of me. I don't know where Austin Bostos is hitting. Let's see. Um, no, they gotta get to Minnick. Minnick. So Minnick has been Really the catalyst for AM. That kind of is what turned their season around. You remember they got off to the slow start in SEC play, right? They dropped the two out of three to LSU, then went on the road, got swept at uh, at Tennessee. When Brett Minnick came back into the lineup, that jump started them on a nice winning streak. Uh, and he's he's been very effective. Was one of their best hitters last year. Uh, really the kind of the same thing here so far uh this year, at least when he got back in the lineup. So this will be a nice test for Ty Floyd. You got a mound visit right now. Uh, from Jay Johnson, and uh, then Minnick will dig in, try to give the Aggies the lead. We will um, we'll come back on the other side here. We're due for a break. Do Tigers and the pros talk a little bit more about the game? Then Terry will be around for the Riot Radio hours uh, as we uh, as we make it through make it through a Friday. Send you into a long weekend. Memorial Day coming up. Musso in for Moscona. Come back on the other side. Friday's AFR presented by Don Juan Cigar Bar. AFR. Love telling you about Hudco Roofing, HudcoRoofing.com. Do business with someone you know. That's us, Hudco Roofing, HudcoRoofing.com. Check us out online. I tell you all the time as well, if you want to email me directly, you can. It's Matt at HudcoRoofing.com. I'm happy to help facilitate anything that you may need. Trust me, you don't want me on your roof, but I certainly know the people within our, our business, our company, that you would love to have on your roof. It's Hudco Roofing. Tell you every day, do business with someone you know. The thing i got to stress, got to stress, fortified roofing. With a fortified roof, you can save as much as 52% on your homeowner's insurance, depending on who your insurance provider is. As much as 52% you could save on your homeowner's insurance with a fortified roof. You got to learn more about this, y'all. We'd love to explain it to you, how you can save money, how you can protect not only your family, but your home, your, your belongings on the interior as well. Go to hudcoroofing.com, click the Fortify tab if you want to learn more, give us a shout. Uh, 364-1007, 364-1007 or HUDCOROOFING.COM. Do business with someone you know, HUDCO Roofing and HUDCOROOFING.COM. After further review with Matt Moscona, presented by Don Juan Cigar Bar, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. Job well done for Ty Floyd, getting out of that inning, keeping the game tied there at one. Strikes out Minnick on a Filthy circle change up and uh, then gets Hunter Haas to fly out to center field. So keeps the game tied. LSU will look to take the lead now. Top of the order uh, looms here for the Tigers. So it'll be their second trip through as uh, as they face off against, uh, against Will Johnston. Right now, we're going to wrap up hour number one with Tigers and the Pros. Tigers and the Pros. 
They still bleed purple and gold. They're just really rich now. Presented by Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry. Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry, where Baton Rouge gets engaged. Paulie, what do your Braves have against Aaron Nola? Come on, man. You got you to you you send the message, chill they, out. They just love to see him. Yeah, Austin, Austin Riley especially. Last night, Aaron Nola against the Braves. Six innings, eight hits, five earned runs. Did strike out seven, only walked two. Was in the zone plenty, as Aaron Nola is. But uh, that Braves lineup, it might be the very best in Major League Baseball. They, uh, they got their fair share off of him. But Nola... In a strange twist, the Phillies gave him run support, so he got the no decision, but it was the Atlanta Braves that got the victory. To AAA baseball, a massive night for Andrew Stevenson in a victory for his club. Playing left field, went two for four, a double and a triple last night for Stevenson. Drove in three runs, scored three runs, reached base three times. So he had the double, the triple, and also a walk for Stevenson. And of course, as I said, St. Paul Saints got the win. Another massive night for Michael Papierski as well. Pap, two for five, a double, two-out double, as a matter of fact. That drove in a run. He would score a run, a single, his other hit, two for five for Pap, and a uh, and a, uh, and a loss, actually, for his team there, uh, the Toledo Mudhens. On the links, Charles Schwab challenge this week. Sam Burns currently sits tied for eighth at five under par. Two under on his round today. Shot three under yesterday. He is uh, currently currently four shots off the lead, excuse me, of Harris English and Harry Hall. Ben Taylor in the field as well. Even par for the tournament. Tied for 49th. One under for his round. That, uh, that has him just inside the cut line. The cut line is a one over par. So both former Tigers on the PGA Tour looking to stick around and play the weekend. On the Corn Ferry Tour, Curtis Thompson shot uh, even par, or excuse me, shot uh, shot one over par in round one, is even here in round two, so he's at one over, tied for 103. He's going to need some help in order uh, to make the weekend on the Corn Ferry Tour as uh, the projected cut line is at two under, so he needs to kick it into gear in his last few holes there. That is Tigers and the Pros. It is brought to you by Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry. It's Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry, gift in the little red box, right? birthdays, anniversaries, any occasion, graduation, maybe even still. You got a few of those uh, wrapping up, was leaving out of leaving out of uh, the building yesterday, and there was another graduation in the River Center, backing up traffic on Government Street. So still that season, Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry is a great place for a gift there as well. LMFJ.com. They bring you Tigers and the Pros every day here on After Further Review. Infield fly rule got Hayden Chervinsky. So Dylan Cruz singles through the, uh, the six hole to lead off the inning. Trey Morgan, Grant or Paul, did y'all see how Trey Morgan got on? I did not. Catcher interference. Catchers. Ha ha! What goes around comes around, huh? Catcher's interference. How about that? Jeff Head says, I got your back, LSU. Would have been nice if it scored a run, but, you know, it can hopefully lead to one here as Cade Beloso digs in. So a single from uh, Cruz. Catcher's interference allows Morgan to reach infield fly rule. Hayden Trevinsky. Pops out there, and now it's going to be up for Cade Beloso. Tough at bat here, left on left uh, for Beloso, but talk about a great story. You know, when we were going through uh, Joe Bear, right, as the guy, everyone's like, man, how does he fit in? Uh, Cade Beloso sure kind of inserted himself into that conversation. I don't know if there were many saying preseason, uh, how do you fit Cade Beloso in? But what a uh, what a story he's been so far this year as well and uh, has done 
exceptional things. It really started in that four-game weekend against Central Connecticut State in Butler, and since then, Cade really has not uh, – he really hasn't let up and has come up with some really clutch hits and a season at the plate that has very much mimicked his freshman year uh, for Beloso so far. Forced out. That's man. I thought he missed that. Wow. Fought that off though. Hanging curveball, uh, and was able to fight it off. Big hit here, man. A hit would be nice. That that's something you've seen from this LSU offense time and time again this season, right? The ability to respond immediately, whether it's uh with a crooked number or getting the crooked number, expanding the lead or getting runs back. Uh, it's been something that they've done very very well all year, and they're in a in a prime position here uh, to do it if Beloso can come through. Good watch there. It takes a two and two. Uh, we got to hit a break, though. Top of the hour. Uh, right radio hours on deck here on a, on a Friday edition of AFR. Musso sitting in for Moscona. Scones off to the beach. He will be back uh, in in a week. Uh, so Friday to Friday is, is his vacation. We're off on Memorial Day. So I'm here to today and then Tuesday through Friday of next week. A lot to get to. Right radio hours next. AFR. AFR. Brought to you by Shabills Tire and Auto Service, ShabillsTire.com. 18 locations in South Louisiana. Find the location nearest you at ShabillsTire.com. Bumper-to-bumper auto service and name-brand tires at wholesale prices. They will always find a way to get you the best possible price for the best possible tires on the road. That's what they do at Shabills. And when they get you in by selling you the best tires at the cheapest price possible, they're going to treat you like family, and they're going to treat you so good, you're going to keep coming back year after year after year every time you need anything for your vehicle. Tires rotated, oil changed, check engine light on, brakes squeaking, whatever's wrong with your vehicle, bring it to Shabills. Let them give it the once over, and you can always schedule online so it's convenient. Shabillstire.com. Find the location nearest you at Shabillstire.com. Shop tires online at Shabillstire.com. Be sure to ask about the Shabills credit card as well because you can save $50 off your first purchase when you use the Shabills credit card only at Shabills. 